you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Well, today, friends, we're going to be talking about homeschooling and parenting. So even if you're not a homeschooler, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Actually, if you are in relationship with people, I think you will find this a great conversation. I'm talking to Tina Hollenbeck about eight great smarts for homeschoolers. Let me tell you a little bit about Tina. She's the author of Eight Great Smarts for Homeschoolers. She is the owner of Homeschool Resource Roadmap, the co-owner of a homeschool parenting resource center in her community. And Tina and her husband have homeschooled their now adult daughters from birth until high school graduation. And so she really knows what she is talking about. But what I love about this book we're going to be talking about is The Smarts. It's based on Dr. Kathy Cook's book, The Eight Great Smarts, and it really helps me to understand that all kids are created different. They have different strengths. They have different weaknesses. I remember um, clearly I was listening to Dr. Kathy's book talking about the smarts, and I was in the car. I was giving one of my daughters a ride to work, and she was listening to how some people are math smart, some people are nature smart, some people are music smart, and how we need to really see this in our kids. And if they're not, um, say, word smart and math smart and logic smart, they might be struggling in school, but they are smart in so many ways. And so I was listening to this ebook uh, with my 19-year-old daughter in the car, and I remember tears welling up in her eyes. And she said, oh my goodness, I'm smart. I never realized I was smart before. She struggled in school. She had an IEP, an individualized learning plan for a while, and she always felt she wasn't smart. And then listening to Dr. Kathy in her audiobook, my daughter felt like I am important. God had a plan for me and I am smart. And I think the same is going to happen with this conversation with Tina. We're going to talk about how we can see our kids and see and understand their natural gifts and abilities. And this is a great conversation and I need it just as much as you need it because we just started our homeschool year this year. Yes, it's still August, but we go to a co-op. It's actually a classical conversations co-op, which that will come up in our conversation too. And we start uh, the first week in August, but people are like, wait, it's still summer. But we then we take off from um, Thanksgiving until the first of the year. And we're also done by the end of April, which is great because August in Arkansas is hot and humid anyway. So it's going great. But even yesterday when I sat down with our first full day and we're doing Latin and math and we're reading books together and I sometimes just get so overwhelmed and so this conversation helps me to remember to first of all slow down second of all to appreciate my kids and to point out where I know they are so smart 
And then thirdly, remember that not all kids are going to do great in every subject. And I don't need to worry about trying to push and push and push them so they will excel in a subject where it's not really what their focus is or will be their focus for life. And so I appreciated this conversation with Tina Hollenbeck, and I know that you will too. Well, friends, today I'm so excited about this book, and we're going to be talking about the author, um, Tina Hollenbeck, and the book is Eight Great Smarts for Homeschoolers, a guide to teaching based on your child's unique strengths. So welcome, Tina. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so looking forward to this. Well, I would just love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, in a nutshell, let's see. Where um, do you start? <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I'm married to Jeff. We've been married for over 30 years, and we have two beautiful daughters. Rachel is almost 21, and Abby is almost 20, which means, yes, if you do the math, they're not twins, but they were Irish twins. They mm. were born 11 and a half months apart. Um, we lost our oldest child to a second trimester miscarriage. Um, so I look forward to meeting her one day in heaven. Um, but we, um, we were married young, but waited several years to have children because I was a public school teacher for nine years before we had the girls and knew as soon as we had our children that I would come home and raise them. And, um, also I got the bug for homeschooling early on. My husband wasn't quite so sure, but before the girls were even born, I knew I wanted to do it. He was curious, but his parents are public school teachers, so he didn't want to offend them. And so he was a little bit worried about how they would feel. And that was his only real hesitation. Um, but he was an interim youth pastor when our girls were toddlers. And I remember him coming home one day and uh, saying, you know, I like all the kids. Well, I like most of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he had to be honest, right? And he said, but there's something different about those homeschooled kids. Yeah ironically, the thing that he noticed right away was that they were more socialized, if you want to put it in that terminology. They, they could interact with everybody. They didn't worry about the cliques. They could talk with the adults. They could talk with, it was like 7th through 12th graders. So the 12th graders could talk to the 7th graders and vice versa. And they were interested, not only in spiritual things, but just in learning in general. And so he saw that spark and he said, well, we'll talk to my parents, but I'm all on board. And they were fine. My in-laws are just, they were just wonderful. They didn't really always understand what we were doing, but always supported us, always understood that um, our kids are our kids, you know, and respected that. And I so love them for that. And um, so we homeschooled the girls all the way through from birth <laughs> yeah. uh, until they graduated uh, from high school in 2020, that infamous year, 2020. Um, Rachel is the older one, but she had asked early on in high school if she could wait a year to graduate with her sister because they're the only two children and they were really close growing up. And I said, sure. That's awesome. Um, Let me just yeah. homeschool another year, Mom. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, and so she did four years of high school. We just kind of stretched out her uh her, her middle school years, you know, and just kind of made it work. And, um, but she also blossomed academically kind of late middle school. And so I remember talking to her and saying, are you sure? Because, you know, we could all through high school, you know, I'm like, we could adapt, we could tweak, you could graduate in 2019. And all through, she just wanted to wait for her sister. And then her group of friends was kind of in that, that age anyway. Right. So by that point, it was logical. And, and then with everything that happened, she was really thankful to not have yet started the college she thought she would attend oh, right. rather than being in the middle of it. Um, and she never actually did end up going to college because she didn't want to, um, she couldn't really abide by the policies that they had at that time. And so God has led both of them to do other things. Interestingly, we could talk about that if we have time, but um, 
so, so yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> and I think that's so interesting that being a public school teacher, you knew that you wanted to homeschool because um, usually, you know, it's like, okay, we just do public school. I'm a public school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, how did like even your coworkers from the public school <laughs> react when you're thinking, okay, actually I'm going to homeschool my children. Well, I mean, I was there for nine years. I taught five years at a middle school and then four years at a high school. Sometimes I say I, you know, it almost sounds like I did time. But (laughs) um, actually, I I taught English as a second language. So my students were all first generation immigrants. And um, I, I loved my students. I loved their parents. They, they all just wanted to learn. And at that time, so Rachel's going to be 21. Um, Really, the schools didn't know what to do with ESL teachers, so they kind of left me alone. So that's, I think, why I enjoyed the nine years for the whole entire time. But I actually saw the system from the inside, and I Mm. saw that despite some really good teachers, some really caring teachers, the system itself mm, is not really family-friendly, is not parent-friendly, is not really kid-friendly in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's Um, (laughs) system-friendly. Yeah, it is. You know, programs. Yeah, my watershed moment was um, I had asked the translators in my department when I was at the high school, if they would, if I made a list of parents every day and just had them call the parents and touch base and say, your kid's not in trouble. Mrs. Hollenbeck just wants you to know what's going on because they didn't speak English. The parents didn't speak English. Um, And I asked my translators and they said, oh, we'd love to do that for you. That's a great idea. They were the same cultural background. They understood, right? Right. Uh, And we did that for a couple of weeks. And then... um, my department head came to me and she said, you need to stop that. You're wasting the translator's time. And those people are just parents. You're the teacher. Oh, wow. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so she was a super nice lady. And I don't think she's going to listen to this. And I don't mean to be dissing her, so I won't say her name. But um, <laughs> she was a super nice lady. Everybody would have thought that she was completely on board for students and families and parents. And the fact that she had that view, I thought... I don't, it's kind of playing Russian roulette when you send your kids to school. You don't know if you're going to get the good caring teacher or if you're going to get the one that's really kind of indoctrinated. Um, And then Christian worldview too. I mean, that was 21 years ago. Um, And it was dicey back then. And now, oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And we had, so before we adopted our last four, they were in public school and we couldn't, we couldn't homeschool them until the adoption was final. And what I noticed, like, even though the teachers were, some of the teachers were great. um, Mm -hmm. For the most part, the kids were gone all day and then they had so much homework and it was a lot of busy work that took forever. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, they're exhausted from being there all day. Then they get in the car and they're jumping in this kid did this and this kid did that. (laughs) This conversation. I'm like, Oh my goodness. First of all, Wow, that's a lot, especially in my my middle school schoolers. I'm like, you are hearing a lot of junk. Yeah. Um, but then they'd come home with all this homework that had to be done, and it would be this like worksheets that they had to fill in the blanks and then color this whole mm. thing that would take like an hour and a half. I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> I yeah. could sit here and ask you the questions. You can answer them in less than five minutes, and we could be done with this. But no, they yeah. had to turn them in. They had to write everything and they were exhausted and then get to bed at 1030 and then they were mm-hmm. getting them up in the morning. It was oh, horrible. Yeah. And people yeah. were like, oh, homeschool must be so much more work. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, it's actually not as much work <laughs> because we could get everything done yeah. in, you know, two to three hours during the day compared to in the evening when everyone's exhausted and trying to keep up. And, you know, I, I talked to 
um, you know, some of the teachers, like we had, we're taking them out for therapy sessions and Mm -hmm. can we do something different? Like they're just in the process of being adopted. And it was so hard. Like there was systems and there's things, certain things they had to do. They spent one whole period every day doing test practice. Uh, and I'm like, this is just a lot of a lot of yeah. uh, going on for kids that are just trying to get adjusted for a new home and we're trying oh, to yeah. bond. And so, um, you know, while I appreciate, I mean, public school teachers, I don't even know how they do it, first of all. And while <laughs> I appreciate that, it is, I've now noticed once we were able to bring them home, let them sleep in longer, you know, we had mm-hmm. evenings together when we weren't doing homework, I was able to read aloud to all of them together at the same time instead of each child had different homework for different yeah. teachers and um it is so much easier and then being able to see which we're going to talk about today their unique smarts and their unique yeah. gifts and their unique talents instead of simply just this is what every sixth grader has to do or every mm-hmm. high schooler has to take this subject or it really became um us becoming students of our kids that you know even though we adopted them later like oh you really love art so while I'm reading out loud you could do as much art as you want or whatever it was absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) so it made a huge difference so I would just love to hear um like your heart behind the book and then just explain Mm -hmm. what the eight great smarts for homeschoolers is about okay well um I I think your listeners probably know who Dr. Kathy Cook is. I don't know if you've even had her on the podcast. I need to have her on the podcast. <laughs> yes. uh, so Kathy and I had been friends for a long, long time. I like She was a college professor where I went to college and I was a student. Um, and sometimes when I don't like to talk about my age, I, I try to say I was advanced and I was like 10 years old. But, yeah, you know, exactly. whatever. <laughs> um, so I was one of her students and we became friends um, and had attended the same church and lots of different things. And so we've been friends for a very, very long time then, um, because then she started, she left the university, she uh, started Celebrate Kids, which is her ministry. And I had been writing for her uh, email newsletter, which now is um, like an online thing, but I had been writing for her for a long time. And obviously knew about the Eight Great Smarts, which is her main, uh, her second book is called Eight Great Mm -hmm. Smarts. And Um, It's all about this whole concept, which she learned from Armstrong and Gardner are the psychologists, the educational psychologists that actually did the research into the things that she wrote about and then that I wrote about. Um, So Eight Great Smarts was out there for a long time, ever since my girls were toddlers, I think. So I kind of raised them on the concept. And then early in 2020, Kathy said to me, would you write Eight Great Smarts for homeschoolers? Moody's been asking for this book and would you do it? And um, I was in the middle of my girl's last semester of high school. <laughs> yeah. So I said, that's a phenomenal idea, but I can't right now because I need to finish well. And she's a big fan of that. So she was fine with that. And I, I didn't really think about it anymore. Uh, and then spring and summer and, and uh, we had some, in- that was COVID. So there was interesting things going on. And then uh, my younger daughter evoked. So that's a whole story <laughs> that summer. So we had a whole bunch of stuff going on in the summer and I didn't really think about it. And then early October, she talked to me again and she said, um, so what about the book? Would you like to write it? I'm like, what book? Oh yeah. Okay. That book. <laughs> and, um, and she said, okay, if you want to do it, Moody wants a proposal in a week. Like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never written a book before. I've written lots of articles. And she helped write the actual proposal. And she said, if you can do one or two chapters, 
Um, and maybe it was two weeks, but it was a very short amount of time. And I talked to my husband and he said, uh, yeah, that's fine. We'll pull out the crock pot. You just do your thing. Oh, <laughs> so, I love that. He's great. And so I just kind of closed my office door and was like, all right, God, if you want me to write this, make the stuff come. And um, he gave me two chapters in that, you know, week to 10 days, two weeks, whatever it was. We submitted it. And then like a week later, they contacted Kathy and they said, yep, we want it. The deadline's December 7th. So we're mid-October at that point. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, there were reasons they wanted to get it out in summer of 2021. And I'm not privy to all of those reasons. Right. There was supposed to be a documentary and I'm not even sure if that ever happened. But um, so I just kept booking it away. My husband's like, all right, Crock-Pot's working. We'll just keep doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it was really, um, I think it, obviously I think Kathy's reason was because I knew the model well and I homeschool and I'm a a veteran homeschooler and I've been consulting and all that kind of thing too. So, so that's where it came from. And also I'd written so many articles about it for her newsletter for that many years. So you're familiar with all of it. And for those who aren't familiar, I was going to mention the eight smarts are there's nature smart and logic smart, um, self smart, people smart, Word smart, picture smart, music smart, and body smart. Did I get yep, them all? Very good. Yeah. Well, I'm looking in the book. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Here I thought you'd memorized it all. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and so what? What the the whole concept is? Is well, the whole you know, with all the the theory behind it. I guess you say is that each of us have all the smarts, but definitely some are more prominent than others. And so really, I think most of the time, like we're talking about public education or even mm-hmm. homeschool curriculum, it's a, taking the assumption that all kids are the same. So they're all going to learn the same thing and they're all going to sit there and they're going to do the worksheets or they're going to do this or that. <laughs> but really, the cool thing about homeschoolers is we get to look at our kids yeah. and you know we can say, yes, every smart is important and it's valuable, but I see this in you. And then we can even tailor the smarts to mm-hmm. uh, what our kids what we see in our kids. So explain more about that and why you know, you mentioned that you knew about this ever since they were toddlers and why mm-hmm. you were able to, to do this and experiment with this with your own children. <laughs> yes, my children are guinea pigs, right? <laughs> yes, I know. Well, all of us, our all children us, right? are guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you're absolutely right. So according to the research that Armstrong and Gardner did, the, these educational psychologists, long time ago, every single human being on the planet has at least these eight smarts. And there's been some research. Are there other ways to be smart? Because there's always brain research going on, right? But right. it's pretty well established at this point. And, and Armstrong and Gardner had uh, fancy psychological terms for all of these. Um, and what Kathy Cook did was give them layman's terms. So we say word smart, body smart, things like that. That's the lingo that Kathy came up with to make the terminology more parent friendly. Yeah. Um, because who of us has time to whatever. But anyway, so we all have all eight of those smarts, but God has hardwired every brain in a unique individual way so that two or three of those eight smarts are going to be our go-to default. This is how we learn. This is how we process. This is how we see the world and and then how we, we take what we see and then output into the world. Um, all of us can use the smarts that are not our eight top smarts. Um, for example, I think nature smart is probably my lowest smart, but I, I can still go out into the woods with my family. I can still camp all these different things that that would kind of cater to that smart. Um, but our default, we usually default to the top two or three. And um, 
one thing that's kind of important to know, because people ask me, you know, how do I find out my kids' smarts? Um, you can see it when they're toddlers, preschoolers, but then maybe around the age seven, eight, nine is when it starts to become clear, oh, they're honing in on these couple of different ways of learning and processing the world. And then you you get a feel for it. Um, <laughs> one way I knew that my older daughter, Rachel, is very body smart, and this played out through her, her whole entire life. And she was a little young for this, so it was just kind of my inkling. But when she was, I don't know, maybe four or five, we're working on, on teaching her to count to 100. I tell this story in the book, um, teaching her to count to 100. And I, I knew that she was very active, um, nothing like a boy, but she was still very active, yeah. moving, all that kind of thing. And um, so she couldn't count past like 10 really. And we were struggling with this. So I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? Well, one day I called her into the kitchen to, to do her math. And um, I was doing something else in the process too. So she started skipping around the table and she started counting and she counted and she counted and she counted. She got to a hundred. She kept going. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, where'd that come from? And uh, then she sat down and I said, could you do that again when she's sitting still and she couldn't do it? Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I experimented. And every day for like a week, I'd be like, hey, how about, you know, hopping today? And every time she was moving, she could count as high as I would let her. And she was gleeful and joyful about it. And every time I just had her sit still, she couldn't do it. And she doesn't have ADHD. She's just an active body smart child. Yeah. Um, and so that was one example uh, with her. Uh, that I was able to start seeing from an early age, but it did stick. Um, she was just always very uh, movement oriented. She would climb our tree to read when she was a reader, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and then, yeah, my other daughter's smarts uh, exhibited themselves over the years as well. So, you know, if you have little children, you, you'll have some ideas, but seven, eight, nine is, is when you'll start to really notice which ones they prefer. Yeah. And I think even if you have older kids and you're listening to this, maybe you can start thinking mm -hmm. back to some of those things. And yeah. as you're talking, okay, this happened literally this week in our home. So <laughs> we have had a guitar, oh, for probably four or five years. Someone gave it to our family. Then one of our older kids thought she was interested and picked it up once and like <laughs> didn't do anything <laughs> with this. And we're like, we're not paying for lessons. Well, then it's been my husband's closet and he, he works from home and it's in his office. Well, our 11 year old saw it mm. and he's like, oh, can we do the guitar? And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had this experience with the older child, like, one time. So then <laughs> finally we let him get it out, and we put on YouTube videos, and I'm like, okay, we'll just see. The kid sat there. This is my active boy, youngest, mm -hmm. outside all the time. He sat there for, like, five hours watching <gighs> YouTube videos, playing the guitar. He, he's the oh. one who's also dyslexic. Yeah. He hates writing. He paused mm -hmm. it and wrote down all the notes and what they mm -hmm. stood for. And I'm like – what is going on here? This happened just this week. And then as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, this is the child that if someone is tapping, he notices it. Like he oh, yeah. never stopped tapping or he'll, or he'll hear a song when I'm like, I didn't even hear a song. Like I didn't even hear, yes. he's singing along. I'm like, where'd you hear that? In the grocery store, he heard a song. And so all of a sudden now he's 11. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, he might be music smart more than <laughs> I think than he's got to come out of his pores. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, but it's so funny because until, and we're not, uh, we're not a music, like we have music playing all the time, but none of us, my husband's a drummer. I should say that. Mm -hmm. None of us, other people play any instruments, <laughs> do music practice, any of that. And all of a sudden this child this week is carrying yeah. around the guitar, strumming the guitar, 
making up songs on the guitar. I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is so interesting. So sometimes we might see something like even with older kids. Um, you oh yeah, like eight, definitely. Nine, or 10, but then we realize this has been there all along, but yeah. maybe even as parents, we didn't recognize it. Um, and then you could believe now I'm like, okay, we're, where's guitar lessons or, you know, what, what are we going to do with this child? Cause if someone's right. going to sit there for five hours, it's obviously something that he enjoys and that's in him. Yeah. Um, and so I love that we can see this when we see this in our kids, whether it is when they're three, whether it's when they're 10, whether it's when they're 13, what, whenever it is, we can see that they're created for a purpose. And I love yeah. that. And when I became a writer, um, I just felt like when my friend told me she was working on a novel, something inside me just lit up and I grew mm. up loving to read mm-hmm. not once before I was 21 years old have I ever thought of being becoming a writer mm-hmm. I had won like awards in high school um a couple times but it had never crossed my mind until my friend said that mm-hmm. and once she said that it just like confirmed something in me that this is what I want to do and I think we can help our kids you know of course when they're adults they might find, discover that on our, their own but I think we can yeah. help our kids to discover more about themselves. So what kind of things would you encourage encourage parents to do if they're saying, okay, this is like really the first time I've heard about these smarts yeah. and I'm homeschooling these kids and okay, I, I'm listening to you two talk. <laughs> things are starting to click. So how can we, what would you say to encourage parents and what would they look for when considering the smarts in their homeschooled children? Well, this will sound self-serving, but the first thing they can do is buy my book. Exactly. (laughs) Um, The reason I say that is because it's a short book. It's only about 160 pages, and that's on purpose. And I wrote it with homeschooling parents, busy homeschooling parents Mm -hmm. in mind. And it's very practical, and it's a very easy read. And you don't even have to read it straight through. You know, if you know from just evidence like you, Trisha, that, hey, I think my kid's music smart. You can go right to the music smart chapter. You don't have to read all the stuff ahead of it. The the first chapter kind of gives a summary of what the smarts are. Um, but then, yeah, every just pick and choose. And it, within the whole book, it's practical ways to implement mm-hmm. um, those each smart for different academic learning. Um, and also how to activate the different smarts. Because sometimes when our kids are little, we're not quite sure, but we can try a whole bunch of different activities and then we could start to see what their top ones are. Um, and so the book is very practical in that regard. You know, one example for your son would be, okay, if you're learning math facts, find some of the curricula, because there are a lot of different kinds of curricula out there. That's a different project that I have that base things on music. And which we started classical yeah. conversations this year, There you go. which is all music. And yeah. I was thinking, this is going to be too hard. They're teaching these mm-hmm. kids Latin. Like, yeah. I don't know if this is going to work, but they needed friends. <laughs> I mean, the, really, that's why I started. Because yeah. I'm like, we're home all the time. They need friends. And then suddenly this kid's coming home and singing all these things. And I'm like, yeah. wow, what in the world? So like God, I think yeah. has just been pushing us that direction. He's like, finally, do you see this? <laughs> yeah. And there's curricula out there too, that just are, here's yeah. these little jingles about math facts or about geography or spelling rules or all these different things. And if you don't find one, um, if you don't know what they are, you can make them up. You know, I mean, I, one of the things I say in the book too, is I challenge anybody to actually spell the state of Mississippi without doing the, the cadence that we all yeah. do. You know, it's really hard. Um, and so you can do that. And a music smart child will actually come up with melodies, rhythms, tunes all by themselves. Um, to, but you can encourage them. And instead of saying, you know, be quiet, stop singing, <laughs> harness it for good. Right. Um, and, and put it to good use. And you can do that with any of the smarts. 
Um, interestingly, um, the two main smarts that are practiced in school, whether public or private, are word smart and logic smart. Mm-hmm. And if those are your two top smarts or, or up there, you probably do well in conventional school. Not that we should keep our kids like that in conventional school, I don't think, but um, but those are the kind of kids that do well with traditional curriculum and traditional settings because most of the curriculum is written for that. Um, but the really beautiful thing about homeschooling is you can more easily harness uh, tools and curricula for all the other smarts. And then your child who isn't necessarily top smarts in word and logic don't have to feel dumb because that's what happens in school, mm-hmm. right? Kids who don't have those two top smarts, they struggle. Um, there, there's another story I tell in the book of a, a gal that I knew in college. It was another student um, at the university, um, a beautiful dancer, and she's an amazing dancer. So body smart and music smart are her top two smarts. She's in college, and she said that she felt stupid until she learned about the eight great smarts because word smart and the logic smart were just, it's not that she wasn't able to do the tasks, but those weren't her top. And so she was made to feel all through school that she was dumb. Right. It's so empowering to let your kids know, you know, there are eight different ways, and your top is picture smart, and, you know, and all right, there's some tasks we have to do with, you know, writing this or the other thing, but we can get at it in different ways um, and harness our kids' smarts. And I think once, well, you know, I think with some of my kids, because they are special needs, we have dyslexia, we have some processing issues. They don't realize, you know, my 14-year-old does not realize she's still in third grade math because Mm -hmm. (laughs) we just do all these other subjects that her, what what she's able to do. And even talking with her therapist, we're like, you know, we're just going to have to get to the point where, we're just going to teach her how to use a calculator because it's just really hard for her yeah. to process these things. But she's also the one that anytime I need directions anywhere, she could tell me exactly what roads to turn on and how to uh, get there. Um, she's the one that uh, packs everyone in our family. So if we're going on a trip, I pack myself and get in the car and she will make sure that every child has what they need. Um, she sometimes even roll everything up in their suitcases. She loves all that very mm-hmm. tangible uh, I guess it's logic smart because it is figuring out how many days you're going to be and probably picture. She can probably visualize what mm-hmm. needs to go where, right? Yeah. And then and then she can logically put it into place. So Right. And so she has no idea, but we're letting you know, okay, Bella, can you help us? Can you help everyone pack for this trip? Can you show me where that bakery was like what do I turn on and I'll be driving she's like and she'll even say mom if you would have turned this way you would have missed three stoplights and it would have got its home faster I'm like okay I'll remember that next time um but if she was in school she would probably be in a special ed classroom she'd probably be considered one of the dumb suits I mean it's just so different than when we're able to see look of course we have a therapist we're you know we're still her occupational therapist is still working on math with her. I'm working on math with her. It's not like we're giving up on math, but we can see all these other things that she excels in. And we're just encouraging that and, you know, telling people, Oh yeah, Bella packed all her suitcases. (laughs) She, and and it just makes her realize like she is smart without having her realize that she's kind of far behind in some of the other areas. Well, see, and that's the thing too. I think, you know, obviously we need to help our kids be functional in Mm -hmm. every area. Right. Um, So that when they launch into adult life, and we're not necessarily there, (laughs) Um, they they can do what needs to be done. So obviously we need to work on basic arithmetic and all those different things. But what I encourage parents with all the time, because now my girls are launched into adult life, um, God is not going to call your child into a career 
where they need to use skills that he has not hardwired as strengths, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So if, if math is not a strength of a child, that child's not called to be a scientist or a mathematician. That child's called to something else. And God doesn't make mistakes and he's not surprised, <laughs> you know? Right. So, so we need to not be surprised and worried, you know, help our kids be functional in everything and then really help them soar in the areas that become evident are their calling. Okay, let's talk about that just a little bit because I think one of the things that helps me the most as a homeschooling parent of little kids is seeing that my big kids turned out okay. <laughs> I have yes. five of them out of the house. Um, you know, we have four college graduates and, you know, three are in full-time careers now. Mm -hmm. um, and just seeing that the things that they were strong in when they were little, when they were able to be plugged into the careers, they just flourish. So let's yeah. talk and share about what you've seen um, as your kids have launched. Okay. So yeah, they're, so they're almost 20 and almost 21. The birthdays are coming up in May actually. Um, and so my younger daughter, um, she had all these plans to be a nanny. She loves kids. She's very people smart. That's, you know, like engaging with people all the time. Um, and she thought that she was going to be a professional nanny and there's actually a school for that. And she was mm. going to go to that and that was going to be great. And then COVID. But before then she had met the young man who is now her husband. And this was my girl who said, I'm never going to get married till I'm at least 30. And maybe I won't even get married and I'll just adopt some kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so God has such a sense of humor because she's 16 years old and she meets Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. And, and we love him, but COVID, like we knew they'd get married. Um, COVID scared them. So they eloped six days after she turned 18. Mm. And it was um, like, well, I guess you're not going to nanny school now, and <laughs> yeah. but that's fine. Um she worked at a uh, Montessori preschool for almost a year um, that just about killed her because it was so exhausting. It mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily a healthy school. She did very well. She was promoted a month after being hired as an assistant based solely on her demonstrated skill. Right. With kids with whatever. Then she moved into customer service for a major insurance company and worked there. It was at home job, worked there and got herself noticed for her diplomatic skills. Again, it's mm. the people smart in her coming mm -hmm. out. She's talking to old people about Medicare and she's helping them be calm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that, amazing. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. And so, you know, her supervisors, they listen in, right? And they're hearing her and they're like, wow, we want to put you on a leadership track. She'd been there like six months. And, um, and so that whole thing was going on. And then she said, you know what? I think I'm going to try sales. And my husband was like, are you nuts? But no, this is this child, right? So she just recently started um, a sales job with a different insurance company. Again, kind of an at-home thing where she'll do home sales. Um, but she uh, earned her state licensure to be an insurance agent just this week. Probably one of the youngest people in Wisconsin to do that. Um, because she just had this desire and this motivation. Her husband really encouraged her. Just yeah. go for it, you know. Um, he's an engineer. Um, and so he was just like, you just go for it and you do what you're going to do. Um, and I, you know, she's only 20. I have almost 20. So I have no idea where God's going to take. They want to start a family. So, you know, who knows, but this is the kind of career that she could probably do some while she raises a family and all of that. And I just, I see the, the people smartness in her, the logic right. smart. Um, we used to joke that she could be a lawyer because she argued with me so well. <laughs> <laughs> She said, yeah, but I don't want to do seven years of schooling mom, so I'm not going to do that. Um, so that's Abby. And I, she's just, it, she is our, um, my husband and I and my other daughter, obviously, are all firstborns. 
So we don't always understand the second born mentality, but it's been fascinating to watch Abby grow and develop and to accept who she's wired to be. And she's got a whole different way of seeing the world. And it's, it's really fascinating. Um, and then Rachel, my older, um, was a late bloomer with academics. And when she was, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, people would have thought, well, she's not really academically inclined. And does she have special needs? And no, she was a later bloomer. Because um, when it clicked, it clicked for her. And right. she became really academically strong, particularly in literacy skills. Mm -hmm. So she's my poet. She's my essayist. She's never met a math problem she likes. But everything to do with language, history, totally loved it all. Um, and she thought she was called to be a missionary to Japan and was all set to go to Bible college and then COVID. Mm -hmm. So that didn't happen. She sees it now as God redirecting her. Um we don't know if she's ever going to get to go to Japan, but she trusts um, yeah. that that'll be okay. Um, so she kind of, she, she opened her own business the first year of COVID just doing odd jobs because it was hard to get a job uh, if you couldn't wear a mask and things like that. Um, and then she was hired out of the blue by a lawyer from our church who needed a receptionist and admin for 10 hours a week. And her, uh, Pension for organization, her hard work ethic had already been noticed so that he said, I've heard about you. <laughs> Do you want to be my admin? That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um, so she got that job 10 hours a week. He said, if you want to go into to the law, I'll pay for your paralegal schooling, which was wow. pretty cool. Um She's not sure she wants to do that, but that then, so it's only 10 hours a week, that became a foothold into um, when our church secretary job became open in November, so a few months ago, she applied for and got that. So now between the two of them, she is a full-time administrative assistant, and her strengths, again, it's the logic, it's the word smart, um, she is an excellent person geared toward helping you know helping the pastors and the lawyers who are big picture thinkers they need right. a detail person Rachel is their detail person <laughs> and it's so amazing to see that when they're younger you might see like she was slower academically but really yeah. her mind was developing a different way academically that made yeah. her who she is today and I can see that in our adult kids, I have one in insurance and I have one who's a missionary. She was the extrovert that all of the rest of us are introverts going, why are you wanting to have people <laughs> around you constantly? Yeah. She thinks it's wonderful. She loves meeting with new people and getting to know mm -hmm. them. And then we have uh, our third who would sit there and play with his beanie babies for hours, making up stories in his mind. And he, mm -hmm. um, his friends would come over and he would tell them these hour-long stories with all their little toys and now he's uh, a novelist but he also works uh, he got his computer science degree but he mm -hmm. works in um with uh dhs helping them figuring out all their forms and testing stuff and so he has to see okay if someone is married and has this income and has this many kids what do they qualify for and he's testing all their systems which mm -hmm. again it's you're you're connecting with characters and figuring out the systems that they need to be able to get the services that they need. And it's this kind of storytelling in an electronic platform and it's perfect for him. Um, yeah. And he's doing so well. I mean, within the first week he was far exceeding most of the other people working in the amount of work he was getting done. And, you know, people are noticing him and it's just when they connect with what God designed him to do, they flourish. And I think it's so encouraging now, when I have younger kids, knowing, like, we're just going to keep being faithful in, you know, doing our Bible and getting yeah. the character there, working on values, 
getting the work that, that they need to get done, but also letting them be free to flourish in the areas where they enjoy doing things. And so mm-hmm. I think one of the, the cool things is, um, you know, saying like, what do you want to study and how do you want to, um, you know, what things you want to work on our, we have a 17 year old and for her senior year, um, she, we, she's covered most of her core requirements and I'm going to be telling her, okay, let's pick out what you want to do. This is your senior year. <laughs> what do you want to focus on? And yeah. she's so excited. She's picking out video courses and different things that are interesting to her. Um, and so I love that we have the opportunity, not that they're just have to go and sit in a classroom and do what everyone else is doing, but to really see how God created them and to use those gifts and skills to grow into the type of people. And sometimes we may not be able to see it. Like you said, this is your, you know, your girls are their early twenties. They're just starting to see um, those natural talents come out. And it may be a little bit later, you know, some might be late bloomers in their mid twenties discovering some of these things, but just knowing that because we can give them the opportunity to do that as homeschoolers, that it's not going to feel, it's going to be more natural, just put it that way for them to just explore different areas and not feel that they have to go the college route and do these things that they can explore other areas. Yeah. I think two things in that regard, you know, if, uh, if your listeners can talk to other homeschoolers and even the homeschool graduates who are older, you know, twenties, certainly, but, you know, talk to the ones who are in their thirties and there are actually homeschoolers in their forties. <laughs> so, yeah. cause it's been around for a long enough time and to see all the different varied paths that um, that they've been on. Um, I run a local homeschool parent resource center with a friend, and we put on a homeschool graduate panel discussion um, mm. this past week, and we had six graduates ranging in age from mid-40s to early 20s, three men and three women, and um, we think we're going to do it every year because there are so many people that we can talk to. And just to hear their stories uh, encourages people. You know, yeah. this person, you know, he tried college and then it wasn't a good fit, but he went back seven years later and now he has his master's in nursing, <laughs> you know, so, so the things that, that you never would guess. So it's helpful to talk to veterans and especially the graduates themselves. And also to realize that colleges, if your child does want to go to a college, whether it's two year or four year, um, homeschool transcripts actually stand out because they're unique and different. They're not cookie cutter like all the kids in school. And of course, again, you meet the basic requirements for whatever the child wants to do. But the the fun things, the interesting things that we can allow our kids to do are what causes them to stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, And those are the things that We'll get them noticed and they might study things that are not typical uh, yeah. that that they can and they might, you know, they ha- they'll have time to volunteer yes. and they have time to explore different things. So it is such a benefit. And when I speak at conferences, you know, I've had um, four different children get into four different colleges, you know, private um, state college and community college. And we've never had a problem um, yeah. with and I've never. You know, I never did the credited courses or any of those types of things. Yeah. Everyone's taken my transcript. And so it just has worked well. And yeah. my kids have, um, you know, all my adult kids have excelled and are doing really well. And sometimes it's even in the middle of college that they discover. Our fourth one, she really struggled in college. Um, but then she discovered uh, social work. And she's our oldest adopted child. We adopted her when she was 
15, almost 16. Um, and now she's doing a lot of psychology classes and social work and she loves it. So again, you know, sometimes it takes them a while to figure those things out, but, um, but they have the opportunities and they can just, you know, explore those things. And we, have been talking and talking and talking. <laughs> I usually do. I usually do thirty-minute interviews, and I know, like, we could still go for another hour. Um, yeah, we're. I think we're well over thirty. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, not by me. But <laughs> yeah. So as we wrap this up, what's just one piece of final encouragement that you would give to parents when it comes to homeschooling um, and the eight great smarts? Um, understand that. All of your kids are smart in eight different ways Mm. and that a couple of those for each child will stand out as they grow and develop. And so watch for those, Uh, be excited by that and, and empower how God has created each child and don't be afraid of it. Celebrate it. It's a wonderful thing. And it's such a blessing that you have to really customize an education for each of your kids. Um, and there's no need to make them look like everybody else because that's boring. Yes. <laughs> so help them to be who they were designed to be. Oh, I love that. Tina, thank you so much. Again, the book is A Great Smarts for Homeschoolers. And we will have links for information about the book. And Tina, where can people go to find more inf- information about you or to connect with you? Um, with a, uh, I have another website. Maybe you'll link that too. It's called the Homeschool Resource Roadmap. It's a curriculum database. So okay. it lists and links all the curriculum out there under the sun. It's amazing. <laughs> not, I'm not my work, but I mean the fact that there's so much out there. Um, and there's contact page there. So I, that's probably the very easiest way that they can reach me. And that's homeschoolroadmap.org. Perfect. We'll make sure and put those links. But right. thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.